Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 95. This week on the show, I've got an awesome conversation with Chase Eden of the band Given. Um, had a great time talking with him. They are a... You guys know I hate putting people in boxes for genres. They're a punk, hardcore, pop-punk rock group uh, from L.A., and they're starting to make some pretty big waves, so I think it's a good time for you guys to be checking them out. Um, They've dropped a couple singles so far this year, but most recently they dropped Flinch, Um, and Chase and I kind of talk about the new music, uh, the state of the music industry in general, the over-commercialization of some classic uh, classic rock and just classic musicians in general. Um, and yeah, just had a really good time talking about the state of the music industry, their new music, and just, you know, kind of where things are headed, where they've kind of been floating for the last couple years and, you know, the, the new direction that hopefully uh, live music as it comes back will take the music industry. Um Definitely want you guys to put them on the radar. So, you know, be looking out for these guys. They've got a lot of stuff coming out. Um, a lot of big plans. So, without any further discussion, uh, let's jump into my conversation with Chase Eden of the band Give In. So, yeah, uh, basically, to start things off, I do always start with the same boring-ass question, uh, just yeah. because I've never thought of a good one. Uh, <laughs> and that's the, the simple introduction, who you are, what you do in the band, and just that quick background on yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Chase Eden. I uh, sing and play rhythm guitar, just guitar, and give in. Um, so come from a... been playing bands for... Uh, forever it seems like you know um so uh yeah given is a relatively newer project ish two years or so um and you know prior to that it always played in like metalcore hardcore bands and kind of did that whole run um which was super fun but uh yeah um stoked to kind of be doing you know the little bit more pop punk rock leaning kind of thing something i always wanted to kind of venture into like once i got a little bit of the team the teen uh, anger out and rage. And once you, you know, you know, I can see enough hardcore pits, you kind of start to, you know, remember a little bit of who the original person was. So, right. right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's one of those things we all grow and evolve in our, our musical stylings and, and whatnot anyway. And like just who we are as people. So it's not uncommon for, you know, that feeling of like, the teenage angst obviously yeah and then you grow up and you're told that you have to get you know the adult job you have to go to college you have to do all these like mainstream things so people shift that way yeah and you realize that life fucking sucks yeah it's like (laughs) all right let's go back to what i actually enjoy doing yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's um it's the wild thing i feel like bands see it nowadays even you know like when you get these bands that like broke up or went on hiatus at like a certain point. And then all of a sudden they come back and they see this huge, massive following. And it's like, 
it's like they broke up or went on hiatus right at the right time where like all their like original mm -hmm. four group was like we're going off to college and we're getting busy and we don't have time to be you know at chain reaction every weekend and you're like okay okay that makes sense and then they come back and all of a sudden they're like oh shit we have a shit ton of fans we've kind of forgot about all this and they've you know spotify has helped them and the videos have helped them and so it's this whole thing where they go like oh we're doing bigger shows than we ever did you know it's like i bet you thrice is like stoked i mean they're making great music of course yeah. but it's like they're a band where like they went away and then they came back and all of a sudden it's like they're having like active rock success you know like chart success but it's like they didn't have back when they were fucking dropping you know arts in the ambulance and deadbolt you know they didn't yeah. it wasn't a thing so no, for sure and and it's funny you bring them up. Artist in the Ambulance is one of my absolute favorite albums of all time. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to your point, like going on hiatus and then they came back and it's like, this isn't Artist in the Ambulance by any means. You know, it's a totally different sound that they did. Um, yeah. But it was, it was such a new and, and correct direction for them that I think fans immediately were like, yeah, let's fucking explore this and see where this goes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's one of those things where it, it, it was different. It, it erupted for them, but it was still good. It started like the integrity of the band that you're kind of like, all right, this, you know, makes sense, you know? So it, it's, yeah, it's, I, I mean, I, I respect it, you know, I mean, like you really kind of like, I feel like there's a lot of those bands that are, you know, from that era um, that they matured and grew and all of a sudden their fan base did as well. And, but they're still connecting. I, in some ways, I, you know, I think it's a little bit of almost like, oh, did I lose it? You froze. Hold on one second. Are we good? Yep. It, okay, it cool. Up for one second, but. For one second, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> get on here. We'll go um, back into it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of bands like that, you know, like when Yellow Card did their hiatus and came back, oh, wow. it was yeah. like, holy shit, this is everything anybody ever wanted. Um, it wasn't so much a high. Well, I guess let's throw in the big one, Fallout Boy and, and My Chemical Romance, right? I know. <laughs> Those guys came back and like My Kim goes on whatever that was, a, a few years worth of a hiatus, comes back and immediately sells out world tour destinations. Like, what the fuck is that? I know, yeah, yeah, absolutely wild, you know, that they were able to do it. Um, what a time to come back to as well, like right as it starts to fucking plummet, you know? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, it, they're those bands that I think Fall Out Boy, I mean, Brian and I, the guitarist and giving we discuss Fall Out Boy all the time. Um, such an interesting thing to be at such like a peak high and like go away and come back in a way where it's like they're doing well in like the mainstream kind of thing. Right. But then you have like the old bands as well that are kind of like, well, you know, yeah. well, well, okay. Where I think Mike Hem might, you know, like I, I think they might navigate it a little bit, you know, better. Right. I, I have I have a lot of faith in fucking the Way Brothers to be like when they come out with new material, you're gonna be like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, you know, I think there's going to be a new like class or generation of 
of my chem fans because of yeah. um the umbra academy that was on netflix like yeah people found out about gerard through that and went oh he has a band like what what's yeah. happening here <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's that why uh, one click aside or whatever um my uh pro tools is a little bit down there are we still recording yeah yep. okay yeah we'll, I, I, i'll disregard it then. um but yeah i mean I'll, i can't tell you the number of times i've been like a target or like a walmart or whatever the heck whatever i'm walking to the aisles and right. you see like a family and there's like a 14 year old kid in the family my cam black parade shirt on and i'm like where the fuck did you come from <laughs> you know it's like that was me but that was me 10 years ago you know right. so it's like you know, and again, it has to be, you know, yeah, the Umbrella Academy, any of this stuff, you know, and so you're like, oh, shit, you know, it's like they've, they've carried on, you know, in, in such a way, um, you know, no pun intended with the carry on reference, um, <laughs> you know, uh, in, in, in they've, you know, they've really killed it. Uh, I, I'm i sad I missed that show. That was here in LA as well, that reunion show, that would have been, yeah. seen some of the videos, it, it, it was pretty didn't wild. Didn't it sell out in, didn't it sell out in like three oh, yeah. minutes flat or something like that? Yeah, 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 it absolutely, <laughs> I mean, it just, it was, it was, it was gone. It was gone. I don't even know. I, I guess I could have checked the secondary, you know, like StubHub or something like right. that, but I don't know. They were going to, they were going to get a couple bucks off me for sure on that one. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, I think it's cool though. Cause like for you, you know, obviously it's a different type of quote unquote hiatus, but you've just kind of evolved your sound over the years, like you said, and it's never like, you've never necessarily left music but you've left different genres or different scenes and came back into it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was, I mean, it really is like the circle kind of like thing where you go, it's so funny how we end up back here. You know, it's like you come up and you're a young kid and I mean, you know, uh, I'm not sure how old you are, but I mean, I would say at roughly the same time, it's like, it was kind of all blowing up. And yeah. so you're getting into the pop punk stuff. You're getting into like the emo, the post hardcore stuff. And I remember I have like a really distinct memory of, my cousin who's older than me, um, you know, I was really into Fallout Boy and My Cam and all these kind of, you know, heroes and whatnot. And uh, you remember him going, oh, there's this band from like NorCal called uh, Underneath the Gun. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Mm -hmm. They did like two records or whatever, you know, and he goes, yeah. maybe you'd like them. And I'm young at the time, I don't know, I'm like 10 or 11. I listened to him and I'm kind of like, ah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I want to get into it, but I'm not ready for that full on assault, right. you know? Right. So I'm like, so I'm like, ah, you know, not yet. And then like, I mean, like fast forward, you know, whatever, like four years or five years or whatever. And like, I mean, you know, like bands that are like, we're going like, you know, like we're walking on stage wearing, you know, like underneath the gun merch, you know, and shit like that, you know? And so it's like this evolution where you like hit that and all of a sudden you're trying to be like these heavier bands and, you know, I mean, coming from like the SoCal world, you know, like you're looking up to Mitch, RIP, you know? And all of a sudden it's like, then you get out of that and you grow up a little, you know, not a lot, but it's like you have like those, like I said, like the teen anger and the angst and all that kind of stuff. It right. it shifts in a way, and all of a sudden you're like coming back and you're going like, man, you know, my chem fucking put out just such solid, amazing records and Fallout Boy, you know, killed it and thrice and Silver, you know, you're like coming back to it and even you know looking at you know bands you know prior to them and. Um, yeah, it, it really comes full circle and, and you're like, I'm back here. But the benefit is that I have the experience of, you know, being like, yeah, we were trying to, you know, fucking play Parkway Drive, you know, breakdowns for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
yeah. but I think that's that's the cool thing about music too is like nowadays I think you don't have to be locked into any one scene mm-hmm. or or genre anymore, which I think yeah. is amazing. You know, I think Bring Me the Horizons the example yeah. I always go to with that, but like yeah. albums sound the same. But I think they open the door so that bands don't have to format their albums the exact same every year. Yeah, and I think it's going to get, I mean, Bring Me is such a good example of it and that they've had so much success doing that. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. But I think there's other bands that are doing it as well. And I, I even in like the more mainstream world, you think of like a Post Malone yeah. kind of does whatever he wants in a way, you know, really, you know, free flowing and, you know, has a lot of different stuff going on. And yeah, I, it, it almost seems a little bit, like all genres are starting to diverge while at the same time converge, you know, when you have like Nashville and the country music scene putting trap beats on everything they do, (laughs) you know? And so it's just like, it's all just kind of a jumble and, you know, it will, I don't know, maybe like America in 50 years, it'll just be a giant melting pot and you won't really know what it is, you know? (laughs) Thing is, you know, I, I try not to use the genre labels anymore anyway, simply because nobody fits in a fucking box. You know, know. it just doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. And I, in a lot of ways, it's like, it, even like us talking, like we kind of go like, well, it's pop punk. But then in, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm almost certain it's like, we're just going to, I'm just going to go, look, we're a rock band. And we're, I'm just going to say we're a rock band because like genre, you know, like kind of like our makeup is that yeah. it's like two guitars, a bass, and a drum player, and that's kind of what a rock band is. And whatever you want to fucking pigeonhole us into or throw us into, you know, it's like, you know, I'm hearing like the term Travis Barker core going around right. here in LA. Right. And it's like, it makes sense, of course, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, but it's like, there's too many names. And in some ways, I almost feel like, you know, it's like the names at one point were, you know, they weren't beneficial in that it was yeah. like, you know, like, you know, metalcore, and I mean, then it got silly with crabcore and all these things, and you were like, Dude. let's just, let's just play the show, you know? <laughs> right, right. It, it's so insane, and, you know, the episode that went live this week uh, for mm-hmm. my podcast, I talked to uh, one of the guys from Calling All Captains. Yeah, yeah. He's saying the same thing, like, oh, yeah. he goes, technically, I guess we're a post-hardcore band, or at least that's what people call us, but to me, yeah. we're a rock band because we play post-hardcore stuff, but we play pop-punk stuff and we play rock stuff. Like, yeah, why, you know, narrow it down? And I think, you know, the nice thing about the, the music industry now, kind of to both of our points here, circling back into it, is that there's so much diversity that it's easier for bands to kind of cross genres and mm. get these other tours, you know, like you guys yeah. playing with a metalcore band isn't out of the realm of possibility because yeah. it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And yeah, it, it I feel like it's, it's almost coming from like the timeline that we're in where you have, I mean us, but I'm sure there's so many other bands that can reference as an influence, a post-hardcore band, an emo band, but then like a band like the strokes or Arctic monkeys right. or the hives, or, you know, it's like, it's all, you know, it's just converging. It's just coming together at like this weird point where it's like, yeah, you know, it's like uh, I'll listen to Catfish and the Bottom and then immediately go into Thy Art is Murder. 
And there's so many, I feel like there's so many kids out there that are doing the same thing, experiencing the same thing. That's like, yeah, I, I think it is, I think it's a great time to be in it because it's going to be the birth of so much interesting stuff that you have bands that are doing this. Group. So, and I think that, you know, when you think of the things that have really blown up in the last 20 years, you know, I mean, who would ever, if you would have like said like metalcore is going to get a weird EDM pop influence and it's going to be fucking huge right. and attack attack and ask me Alexandria, you know, are going to be like major bands and you're like, says who, why would that happen? Right. You know, but right. here we are, you know, it yeah. happened. <laughs> well, I, you know, going back to bring me like, okay, you're going to get this like metalcore, hardcore band yeah. that is going to partner with a Japanese metal band that's yeah. all girls. And then you're yeah. going to, you're going to also have a couple rap artists on the same album. Like what the fuck is happening here? I know. I know. Yeah. And yeah, it, it ties back, you know, I feel like it's the, it's the new metal thing, you know, like all again, which it's still to this day kind of blows my mind was kind of mainstream. The fact that like Fred Durst was somewhat of a known entity and you're like, this dude, this dude, you know, like, right. <laughs> it's kind of wild, you know, it's still kind of wild, you know, yeah. I'm not hating on this kid at all, you know, whatever. No. I saw the videos of them at Law Police or whatever, fucking killed it, I'll kid yeah. you, you know, like, people were all about it, man, like, yeah, they, yeah. they ate it up, and like, the, the song, um, Dad Vibes, like, yeah. I was like, when it came on my my Spotify release radar, I was like, I want to hate this song. Before I ever hear it, I was like, I want to hate it. Yeah. Just because I don't want, you know, for whatever reason, I didn't want this to be these old guys coming back into the scene. Yeah. And it played, and I'm like, shit, I can't say I hate this. Like, no, he no. knows what he's doing, and he's doing yeah. it well. Yeah. And that's the thing is, I mean, I'll, I'll say this about, you know, I think... The two things that people maybe, the one thing that people forget is that the band itself, it, it, they know what they're doing and they're talented. No one has ever said that Wes doesn't know what he's doing on guitar. Right. Duke knows, I mean, why, you know, and also I, I think they fell into the category. I think even at one point Blink-182 fell into where the fans became the band where people went, I knew such and such who was a huge fan of this band and I didn't like that person. And so it becomes this bias that they start holding against certain people. And emo, I think, went through it as well, you know, at a certain time where the fashion and, you know, like the attitude and, you know, the, the vibe of it, you know, wasn't as, you know, like popular or cool and fell out, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, makes a huge kind of resurgence now in, in multiple different ways. and. So I feel like, you know, like when Biscuit, you know, is is in that, you know, and they brought it on them. I think they brought it on themselves a little bit, you know, right. I mean, like they knew what they were doing. And so it blew them up. I mean, they sold whatever 40 million records and, you know, yeah. good for them for doing it, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, whatever, you know, yeah. them coming back now is, is still wild. Yeah, it, it, it's that kind of that double-edged sort of like, it's nostalgic, so I kind of want to fuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, it's Limp Biscuit, so I kind of want to hate on it. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. of everything that's happened. But at the same time, you know, I think it, again, opens the door for young bands like yourself that mm -hmm. can say, like, look, it doesn't fucking matter anymore. Like, the fact that yeah. Limp Biscuit can come back and be relevant just shows how accepting people are of music right now. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it the, I mean, the underlying, you know, bolded point of that is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, like a fan of limp, you're, you know, or corn, or, you know, if you're jumping up and you're from the strokes world, or, you know, you're, you know, a huge Green Day fan, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I feel like at the end of the day, you know, it, it might be that it's all going to kind of converge again and everyone's going to be like, oh, it's all more or less coming from the same place. It's presented in a very different way, but that's all right. I can still connect with it. I can still connect with all the stuff. You know, it's like, I'm not a giant country music fan, but there are country music songs that I hear that I go, fucking tune, man. It's a hitter, you know? <laughs> not commonly, but you know. I'm the exact same way, especially when it comes to country music. Like, I've got a friend, she's a diehard country music fan, and I'm just yeah. like, I'll listen to it if she suggests a song, you know, whatever. Yeah. But like most of the time I'm like, eh, not my thing, you know? Yeah. But like you said, there's, there's some shit out there that I'm like, yeah, I'm, I, that's on a playlist. Nobody knows about that playlist, <laughs> but it's on a playlist. Yeah. 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 We're throwing it on there on the, uh, on the secret obsessions one. Right. The pop songs like that as well. You know, yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what, uh, I feel like I just heard a song the other day. This EDM stuff, I, I mean, like, I'm not, like, a big EDM person. I've been, like, that person where you're at, like, a party or, like, a right. bar or whatever the heck, whatever an EDM comes on, and I'm kind of like, eh, eh, you know, whatever. But then some song, like, comes out or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. In that world, like, the Chainsmokers, Chainsmokers got a couple of hits. I'm going to give it to them. <laughs> yeah, them and uh, a big one that I'm on is Alenium that dude oh. he collaborates with everybody but like no. he's just got some super dope songs like that song with uh john bellion like mm. john bellion on his own is an amazing vocalist and and songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> and then you you add in this alinium with these beats and shit and it was like whoa like what am i really experiencing here i know yeah i think that's another thing is that at a certain point like music the experience you get from music and like what they're able to honestly honestly generate at like a sonic level it is nowadays mind-blowing you know it's like the fact like it's not just like 808s anymore you know it's like 808 is like a whatever term you know it's like you feel 808 on everything you know it's like that's like what you know and you, like i don't know maybe like dubstep is kind of the help with that because that was fucking wild you know some of that shit got really wild but was still somewhat mainstream right you know just in this weird like niche and you know you listen back to like an old you know, like aerosmith and it still sounds great, but you go like it's come such a long way in what they're putting out there at such a high quality. But Jesus Christ, this is wild, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nuts. And I think you know, like on the dubstep thing, quickly, the I think there's two big people that like really brought dubstep into this mainstream arena, and one of them mm. was Skrillex, some yeah, more from, from from first to last, you know, yeah. and then uh, Rusko. Like, mm. he had a couple songs that blew up they were in fucking commercials and shit and all of a sudden it was like oh everybody wants to listen to this now mm -hmm. but i think it's it's like you said it's such a uh, niche area because yeah. it's one of those things like i like sunny Moore, i like some skrillex songs yeah but i don't actively go out and 
play him ever you know like yeah <laughs> if it comes on i'll listen to it but i'm not seeking that out yeah yeah i yeah it's and i feel like you know there's so many of those you know like there's so many of those artists out there i'm not mad that it comes on and i'm like you know like you're at like a party or somebody else has the aux cord and you're like oh shit this is a banger right. and then you're like but then you like almost like forget about it it is i mean i think in the world of you know anybody can kind of distribute music to the major platforms you know it's like there's a little bit of oversaturation you know where you go like i mean there's so much stuff coming out and it's, it's hard to keep track of it you know i mean like no matter if you're checking you know fucking subreddits every day going <laughs> what's getting dropped you know right. like you're still gonna be like oh shit you know i, I missed this i missed that i need that you know um yeah, it's it, yeah. I, I don't know the the dubstep thing was. I mean, it was definitely a moment, and, and I respect the shit out of it that it had a moment. Also, I mean, I you know not that it matters or whatever, but it's right. I remember I read like a Billboard article about like what some of these like DJs are able to like they're doing like residencies in Vegas and all kinds of like crazy shit. They were on top of the internet, and I think you know like monetizing in a way that I right. go like this is just wild, man. <laughs> Calvin Harris, you know, fucking props to that dude. So yeah. There, and there's so many of them now that like, like you said, all these residencies that are going on. And it's like, back in the day, that was exclusive to like the rock stars, right? Like, I know Aerosmith used to do residencies and mm -hmm. Lady Gaga has had one or two. Yeah. For God's sakes, Blink finally got one. Like, what the I fuck know. happened with these residencies? Yeah. And like, I think it's a cool idea. Uh, but at the same time, it almost it's where the um the gatekeeper fan is the yeah. word i'm going to use gets yeah. <laughs> really really anal about it like when blink got their residency all kinds of people oh fuck blah 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 like yeah. you didn't want Hello? you for a second yeah yeah yeah. just lost me for a minute okay all good though no worries yeah. um but no like you know when when blink got that residency and people were like oh they're fucking sellouts and it's like but you don't want your favorite band to be famous like i don't understand that thought yeah. process yeah what do you mean nobody else can enjoy it or like you don't want them to make money so that they can keep doing it yeah i i mean i i think that brings up maybe one of the most important points i think in like guitar based music recently um there absolutely was an attitude you know for a number of years where it was it's my band and it exists here right and it can't go in it can't do anything else that makes it you know it, it ruins the integrity of it and at a certain point you kind of go like that's it it happens and, and i know why it does happen because there are the bands that you know that they get called sellouts they get big and they write an album that doesn't sound as good and it's overproduced and you know all of a sudden they're you know imagine dragons and you're like oh whatever. <laughs> right. you know and so you know uh but you know but there are bands that don't do that that got huge and you know whatever never really like sold out and still you know i think maintained a lot of integrity and you know and the residency thing i I, I think was a little bit of, of that, you know, where I wouldn't be mad if other bands, you know, were like 
tacking on to a residency, you know, like bands that I, you know, love, you know, if Silverstein signed on to a residency, I'd be like, good for them, man. They're killing it. They fucking keep putting out great records, you know, awesome that they're doing it, you know, and go see them, you know, go out there to a show. It's still a show and it's a great time. But I do think that attitude was slightly there in that in some ways, and I think in the pop punk world, maybe a little bit more, it almost felt like bands treated any sort of attention from mainstream, even mainstream adjacent, you know, kind of, you know, like attention as we don't want that. Don't come over into our world. We're doing what we want to do in this, you know, like section. And that's what it is. And I completely respect that. But then I also go, I remember what it was like being a kid going, I like my Cam and Fallout Boy in, you know, like these bands. And, um, I wasn't ready to be like, I like underneath the gun and I like suicide silence and I like, you know, Parkway and ghost inside. And I like all these bands. I wasn't ready. You need the introductory. It's honestly like, there's a lot of similarities between, you know, music and drums. You need the gateway drug. You need the band. That's kind of like, we're going to put you one step closer. We're going to give you a little bit of it. You're going to get distorted guitars. Maybe you'll get it. Like maybe you're going to, double bass drum kick every now and then. And before you know it, you're going to be like, if it doesn't have just the heaviest fucking guttural breakdown on it, <laughs> then I'm not into it. You know, but it's like, you need that stuff. It, it, it absolutely is a thing where, you know, it's like, how many kids are finding, you know, bringing the horizon off their new stuff? And maybe they're like, oh, this sounds like a cool pop song. What else are they doing? And all of a sudden they're kind of like, oh, you know, like, Mantra's a cool song. That's a cool song. Okay, whatever. And then they're going like, what else do they got? What is this, you know, Suicide Seasons record? And you go right. like, oh, you don't even know yet. You know? <laughs> and then from there, they're going like, well, who else do they listen to? You know, why do they keep talking about this crazy band called At The Gates? And it's like, well, go listen to At The Gates. You know, and so it's like, yeah. it, it really is a domino effect. And, you know, I think you need those big bands that are, you know, have the success. I remember one time somebody describe Lincoln Park as the boy band of new metal. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, I never thought of it that way, but I was like, I guess I can see it, you know, why it gets described that way. But I also go like, yeah, absolutely. How many people found Lincoln Park and heard Hybrid Theory and then immediately were like, I need to listen to every other new metal band, you know, that's coming right. out and got exposed to so much more stuff. It's like, you know, it's the it's the opening of, you know, like in a completely new pathway and you need somebody to you need that just that one. I mean, bring it back to the drug reference. I'm not like a drug guy, by the way. I've never, I've never done any drugs, but uh, you know, it's like you need like whatever one person to be like, "Hey, chase the dragon with fucking Lincoln Park." Yeah, and then you'll be an act in two years. You know. <laughs> yeah, but I and I think that's a, a perfect example though because like Lincoln Park was new metal, yeah. but they were radio friendly enough that okay, they're getting that success and that popularity and people are go- hearing it on the radio going, well, hold on, like, what is all this? Yeah. And then, like you said, just down that fucking rabbit hole and they're finding all these incredible yeah. artists and it's like, the fact, I, obviously, like, terrestrial radio is kind of a, a stale entity yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> it, because, like, 
with Spotify, Pandora, whatever, like you have yeah. so much music at your fingertips now. But back in the day, you know, I'm 36. I remember making fucking mixed cassette tapes, yeah. waiting for them to introduce a song. And be like, fuck, I missed it. Like, I gotta wait two hours and they'll play it again. <laughs> but now yeah. you're, you know, just jump on Spotify, go grab and, and make your playlist. But yeah. I think my point with that is, you know, even we'll use like. And then people were like, oh, well, what is punk music or what is this pop punk music? Mm-hmm. And then they start finding, you know, 182 and all these other bands. And it's like, if if nobody's opening the door for you, you're just going to live in the darkness, you know? Yeah. And I think, you know, that's, that's your point as well, that like you hear, like, bring me, you know, mm-hmm. something new off that. And it just opens that door just enough where you're like, let's let's experiment a little let's see and i think you know going back to our point earlier that's the beautiful thing about music right now is there's enough bands that aren't locked into one genre Mm -hmm. that you open that door a little bit and just the floodgates can open to all this new music yeah yeah absolutely it it, it brings up a good point i think a little bit in what the internet and spotify and the streamings and the youtubes you know are I, I think are doing and it will only get better is they're taking a little bit of power away from the majors to just decide, hey, this is what you're going to listen to. And I think we've already seen it, you know, and it's like, yeah, if, if you're not, you know, I, I started to think of, you know, the world a little bit, you know, before streaming stuff was as big and YouTube was a huge help, but, you know, it was was a little bit more difficult, you know, to find, you know, like new bands and stuff. And if you're a kid out, if, you know, there was a kid out there who was like, I don't have Spotify, I don't have Apple Music, I'm not kind of looking, you know, for like new stuff. And they go, I hear what Kiss FM plays and they're like, Ariana Grande and Taylor and Justin Bieber. It's like, there's nothing wrong with these artists, but it's like, you need to realize at one point, it's like, hey, there's three people, you know, three companies. Yeah. who run all of this they own it all and they're going you're going to hear this 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 and this and there you go there's your day and that's your music you know like that you're like exposed to you know but you know it's like there's a lot of liberation i think in you know bands being able to distribute and the flip side of the oversaturation that i talked about is like you get so much more out there and it's like through you know bands being able to take the power into their own hands and being a little bit more diy you can promote and you can get it out there and you know maybe you're definitely you know you're not going to have the budget you know that fucking universal has or you know any of these things but it's like you you'll reach some people you know that are looking for it that are you know accepting of it and open to it and you know i think that will only grow and then you know a couple of years time we're going to look back and we're going to be like oh you know it, it was just a compounding effect it, it was right. just the snowballing effect of you know these bands uh you know doing it themselves and reaching out you know that there was you know now all of a sudden like there's an even stronger scene you know yeah. everything comes in waves of course you know but i, I feel like you know it, it it has the potential to be you know big i think yeah hopefully. yeah i i totally agree and i think you know especially with social nowadays like yes having major label money is obviously a plus because they can pay to promote Justin Bieber tweets or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like, there's literally 
billions of people using all these different social medias every day and you have access to them you know yeah jimmy back in his garage right now can yeah. jump on instagram hit the right hashtags and end up you know reaching thirty thousand people i just know. never know yeah 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 you never know when the algorithm can always help and i mean we have a reel from our instagram like yeah, it did like 25,000 views in like 10 minutes or something like that. And I was like, this is wild. You know, it's like, <laughs> we're nobody. This is wild. You know, and that's like such a small thing. And, you know, I also feel like in a little ways, uh, some of like the majors and them slightly chasing trends, it will catch up to them right. to where it's like they see like a video that goes viral and they're immediately shelling out a fucking, you know, like a some big, you know, like, huge record deal on it and it's like it's not gonna like take and you know i feel like some people have lost you know like i guess faith in in their ability i hear a lot of people like in the la kind of scene talk about like they say they go like if a record like bands will go like if like a major label like associated or subsidiary like offered me a record deal i wouldn't take it you know and I think there's a lot of like trust in that. But then I also kind of go, like, would you or would you not really though? You know, like where where would you actually land if you know like Warner, like let's say if it's like if it's packaged in the right way, fueled by ramen, who is right. you know like major, came to you and they were like, hey, don't worry, we're fueled by ramen. We have Paramore. We have integrity. Here's a record deal. You know, like I still feel like there's a lot of these fans that be like, yeah, I'll stop. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that was going to be one of my points as well is, you know, everybody says they don't want to sell out to the major labels. Like, oh, we can't yeah. give them more power, whatever. Fight the machine, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> but like Hopeless is partnered with, I think it's Universal or Warner Brothers. Yeah. Fueled yeah. by Ramen is partnered with Universal on the backside. You know what I mean? Like yeah. all these minor labels still have major backing. There's like... Yeah. There's definitely some labels, obviously, that don't have those connections, but like your big ones, Fearless, uh, Fueled by Ramen, Hopeless, mm -hmm. Tooth and Nail, like a mm -hmm. lot of these guys are tied to a major label. So it's like, like you're saying, if, if Fueled by Ramen or Hopeless came and knocked on the door and was like, hey, we have a contract that we want you to sign. We're not yeah. a major label. Yeah. Well, you're not, but you are. Yeah, you're not what you are. It's the perfect way to put it, you know. Also, is that contract a 360 deal? Because I'm assuming it is. Yeah, almost <laughs> you know? guaranteed. Almost guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. but oh, man, the 360 deal. I almost want to read one of their contracts just to see what it says. Because I feel like I've heard so many rumors about it, how it's just like this horrible thing. And then like, I know in my head, I go, it's a term that I need to look out for. If anybody ever give a shit about me and my band, but I go, I don't even know. I mean, I know what it is, but I don't know what it looks like. What does it look like? Um, yeah. But yeah, is, I mean. Isn't, oh, that kind of, uh, isn't that kind of what Victory got in trouble with, with A Day to Remember? Wasn't that part of a 360 deal as well? Yeah, I think so. And I, I mean, that, that, that label, I, it's such a, I don't know, it's, it's a little bit sad, I suppose, in that, like, you have so many bands that, like, awesome bands. Yeah, got signed, an amazing got, roster. Yeah, got huge, and every single one of them kind of had an issue with it. 
you know, it's like, a, I mean, and it's like the big ones that they remember going to court over it. I'm pretty sure Hawthorne went to court over it as well. They did. Yep. You know, I mean, I, I've heard, you know, Shane from Silverstein talk like not super fondly about it. I've heard like the Atreyu guys, you know, and so it's like, it, it's that thing where it's like, it kind of put them on the map, I guess, and that it gave them the exposure and put them out there a little bit, but then you go, ah, you know, you gotta, you know, it will always come back. Yeah. I think in the long run, I think especially nowadays, you start to see it that it's like, things come up, you know, whatever it, 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 it will come around. And if, you know, especially the relationship between bands and labels, you know, that's kind of a, a notorious, you know, kind of like setting, you know, and, yeah. and you know, like uh, foundation in the music industry, you know, but it, it'll, it'll come back. And I mean, you see it in major ways, you know, it's like Taylor, you know, Swift coming out there and dropping all of her Taylor's editions. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a giant Taylor fan or whatever. I respect the hell out of her going like, fuck you. I'm going to, I'm going to decrease the value of this, right. you know, whatever. And I'm going to do what I want to, you know, I respect it. You know, I mean, it's like, obviously it's the business end of it and no one likes that, you know, but yeah, you know, she's trying to take the power back into her own hands, you know, so. Well, there, you know. I mean, there were a lot of bands too, um, you know, when Spotify was first breaking out, Taylor was one of them. Like, mm. they didn't let their music go on Spotify for a long time. Metallica, you know, didn't do it for a long time. Yeah. And, like, it's an interesting thing where it's that, you know, power of the people type thing. Mm. Um, and eventually, like, I love Spotify, but I it's that necessary evil thing. You yeah. love them, but you hate them um, in the sense... line i'm not even going to say borderline the payout that they give to artists off of streams is unacceptable like it is yeah. such a minute amount and it it just it blows my mind that they can get away with it mm -hmm. because like and i mean youtube's just as guilty like their payout i think is slightly higher based off their videos and stuff but like yeah. the whole like cpm metrics for how all that gets figured up is just such bullshit oh yeah yeah and you know it's the wild thing of like artists going like, we're not making anything off streaming and like all you see in like the current news right now is the major labels going like we're up 31 percent on the billion dollar companies right. going like how are you generating all this? <laughs> yeah i thought the music industry was dead i thought nobody you know no one's buying music anymore what's going on and i've always heard that like the main thing that really, the major piece of it, and this was what I heard, was in the early days of Spotify, the, the, the record labels basically realized what was coming. And instead of them going, hey, we'll take a lot, we, you know, them working with Spotify, going, we'll take a larger payout per stream or whatever it is. They said, no, give us equity. Give the labels right. equity in Spotify. And it's a brilliant business move on their end, but then it's like, it is just domino effect, just like screwed over all these like, you know, independence and, you know, people who are just trying to do it themselves, you know? Right. You know, it's, it, it'll get there. You have, you know, you have the people that I think are able to, you know, are spearheading a movement. You think of, I mean, like not even in, you know, like the, like Chance the Rapper, you know, whatever, who has kind of always claimed to be like independent. And I think has always been good. I've always heard that Black Bear, you know, like he has his Bear Trap Records, which I think is on Sony. 
um, but it's technically his. So I don't think, you know, like he has like any, like, you know, he's not signed like major, you know, like right. some, like, you know, some contract or something like that. So I think there are those like movements and in a lot of ways, it's, it's a conversation that we have in our band where we go, I almost take some inspiration from like the comedians of the internet in the mm -hmm. world. Yeah. And in that I go, Hey, there's like, there's comedians out there that are on like Patreon that are generating enough money themselves on Patreon that it's basically like fuck you money. And they don't have to listen to a studio or yeah. a late night talk show. They can go, I don't give a shit what you say, whatever. I'm, I'm fine right now. I'm doing shows. I'm doing my podcast. I'm putting it out there. I have my Patreon and I'm good to go. And in a lot of ways I kind of go, eh, that's not a bad model. I think in a lot of ways for like a rock band that, you know, like, as we've seen, you know, like it's kind of, you know, is in the trend and, you know, accepted by everybody for a certain period of time. And then it's, you know, it flips and all of a sudden, you know, like everybody is, you know, like saying you're the, no one will pay you any attention and anything they say about you is, you know, fucking like the worst thing. I'm not saying yeah. I'm like the biggest fan of them or whatever, but I read the other day that I think that like the last, the last rock song that was like a number one hit and I don't know if this is true. I saw it on Reddit, but <laughs> uh, the last rock song that was like a number one hit on the overall charts was How You Remind Me from Nickelback. Oof. And I go, that's a long time ago. And how the, how the perception and the attitude towards that band has changed right. since that song, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to, to your point on the, like the Patreon thing, it's, it's one of those things you have to make that decision, right? Like, okay, we're in a position where we're, you know, not subservient to a major label or anything. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I guess for me, it's that whole, like, do you feel okay with, and I don't think it's a bad thing, a few Patreons, do you feel okay with directly asking fans to pay your bills? Because that's essentially what you're doing. You know, there's a, a yeah. band, and don't get me wrong, I, I love these guys. I've talked to them a called Icon for Hire. Mm -hmm. And they have a Patreon, and they do, like, monthly Zoom calls with all the, the Patreon members in a certain tier and things like that. And it's this really cool setup. Yeah. But it's one of those, like, you know, where's the balance? How You know, you really have to math all that out because yeah. at what point am I asking for too much commitment? Okay. Yep. Storm came in and I lost connection for a minute. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think, I think there's some, some math that you have to balance it out, right? Like at what point am I asking fans to provide too much money for what I'm pre presenting? Yeah. And at what point is it not enough money and working for what I'm asking them? You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot that goes into all that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a balance. It's like the idea of, you know, I mean, even podcasts, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's like, you know, ideally at some point you can, you know, maybe have ads and, you know, somebody, will, you know, like want to like utilize you for that. And I think that's great. But then at what point does it become like a thing where you go like, are you sitting there, you know, like hawking, you know, like, I don't know, fit tea or something like that, right. you know, and you go like, isn't this like supposed to be like a, you know, like a post-hardcore, you know, like thing or, 
I'm trying to hear about, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, just, you know, nature or whatever the heck right. the podcast is about, you know, whatever. I'm trying to, you know, listen to a new serial killer thing, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, I have to hear a manscaped again. For the right. <laughs> time. You're like, Jesus Christ. And so, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it will become like the, the big thing. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to know. I, I think, you know, in a world, I think in a lot of ways it is like moving that way. I mean, obviously it's been like a different world, but it's like, you see the success of OnlyFans and you go like, but people will pay for like a direct interaction with like somebody. Granted right. that particular model, you know, it's a little bit, you know, like a little it's bit a little you know, different. different. It's a little different, you know, but um you know, you see, but like I said, you see with comedians and you see, you know, people that are, you know, that they want to connect, they want to engage. And, you know, I, I, I absolutely, I, I think it is a model that maybe will become more prevalent, you know, and could be, you know, like a great asset um, for bands in the future. But then also at the same time, like if you're charging like a bunch of money and you like basically fucking like Gene Simmons yourself where you're selling, right. you know, like every merchandise piece you've ever, you know, you know, had, then it's like, yeah, that's not, that's not cool. It's the thing. And I'll, I'm going to say this. I'm going to go on a small rant. I was in, <laughs> I was in a mall um, out here two weeks ago, you know? And so I had to put it a week ago and I was going to a party and the party was 2000 themed. So, you know, I'm an idiot. And so I'm like, you know what I'm going to do 2000 themed? <laughs> I'm pulling up a picture of Pete Wentz from 2006 <laughs> and I'm just doing that. And so I go, all right. So I got to go, I go, okay, I need to find, you know, like one of the thing that he was doing, he had like a really light colored, like in the photo, light colored, like light blue or red, whatever, like polo shirt with a pop collar, but then like a crazy, you know, graphic tee underneath it. And, you know, the skinny jeans, but the belt with the studs on it. And I was like, <laughs> that's the look, that's what I'm going for. This is going to be perfect. So I go to a mall and I'm looking around and I'm walking around my, I don't know, I go to like stores. I don't typically go you know, whenever right. I'm walking around like Hollister and Abercrombie and Aeropostale. And I'm, first thing is they don't always have polos the way that you think. Like in my head, I was like, I'm going to walk in there and they're going to have an entire row of weird colored polos that have like Aeropostale across the chest. And right. be like, it's going to be like it was 15 years ago. But then I was like, oh, and I walk in, they don't have that, of course. And I'm like, <laughs> What you idiot? Why would they have that ever? Of course, they changed their model. They're trying to stay in business. Of course, they're not right. doing trends from 15 years ago, you big dummy. And so, oh my God, whatever. But I'm walking around, and you know, they're all doing that. They're doing like two things that I noticed. One is they're doing basically every piece of clothing they have is a sweatshirt or sweatpants. And then the other one is that it's like a baggy t shirt. And I swear they're all ACDC, Metallica, Kiss, you know, all these bands that I go like, you license this shit to these motherfuckers, you know? It's right. Like, what? what chasing the dollar. I just know, chasing right? the dollar. Yeah, they're just throwing it out there. And I go, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of, I'm annoyed at that. I'm annoyed at it. ACDC, Back in Black is one of the best selling records of all time. You don't need the money. Right. I love you as musicians and I love your music. And I'm sure this decision wasn't made by any of the band members at all. But no. I just go, have some oversight. Do something. You know, right. have a team that's like, no, Forever 21 can kick rocks, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but and I think that's the big thing too, is like, you know, the days of of like. Sam Goody, Suncoast, some of these like 
FYE, yeah. these music stores, yeah. it, it's kind of gone away because physical just died yeah. for a while. Yeah. But like, if if you're licensing stuff and it was to, to stores like that, I could kind of support it because at least yeah. it's music centric. Yeah. But like you said, if I walk into a Forever 21, a, a Air Apostle, whatever, like, yeah. and oh, here's a, a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. Like, mm, what? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Where did this connection come in? Yeah. It's such a funny thing that it's like Guns N' Roses, you mean the band that at one point in time, like, what, like, four out of five were heroin addicts, you right. know, like, <laughs> right. what are we yeah. talking about here, you know, like, yeah, and, yeah. and I think that speaks volumes, too, to the generation, you know, below us that are, that are shopping for those things, and we'll be honest, the Kardashians had a lot to do with that, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll put them on blast for that, but yeah. um, they, they don't know the story. There it goes. Uh, (laughs) So like, you know, they just don't know the stories of the band. So like, you know, we grew up and saw all this, like Motley Crue, the fact that Tommy Lee is not fucking dead blows my mind. (laughs) And I mean that in the nicest way, but like Vince Neil, for God's sakes, like you guys abused the fuck out of your bodies and like, you're still here, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But now you've got little 14, 15 year old girls that are like, oh, I saw Khloe Kardashian wearing this shirt. I want that shirt. And you yeah. have no idea about anything that that it really represents or is a story behind it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it I guess it pains me in that, you know, it's like I'm still a fan, you know, it's like right. here fucking, you know, appetite, and you're like, it's still a great album. I it's like so unique what they did but yeah i i uh, it's a it, it puts you in a weird position you know yeah. as a fan you know and, and as somebody and i don't know yeah the kardashian thing it was always that i mean you saw the memes or whatever right you know and, and it was like them wearing like a slayer shirt and slay yeah. on stage with the kill the kardashian shirt right which is wild you know yeah. so and it's kind of i think it's also it's a little bit ironic it's the irony of the universe that they're like you know what we're gonna do we're going to take a Kardashian and she's then going to become engaged to the drummer from Blink-182, you know, Gross. who's like, who was Gross. a pill addict and all yeah. of these things, you know, and lived a rock star lifestyle for like a certain period of time. And you're like, ah, universe you have, is winning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you have uh, MGK and Megan Fox. Like, yeah. Bro. I <laughs> I don't respect it. I'm jealous of it. There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah. I give them. I'll, I'll give that one to them. Right. So. That that's definitely a win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've talked a ton about the music industry and and things like that. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about, um, you know, to bring it back to your music and your band. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said at the very beginning, this given is kind of a a young project in the sense of it's two to three years old what was it like getting off the ground you know you guys get formed get get songs written start putting stuff out and then all of a sudden covid hits and it's like hey fuck you you're gonna stop everything now i mean yeah i know (laughs) it was it it was why it's one of those things where i feel like if you're gonna do 
if you're young out there and you're going to be in a band, A, expect that anytime you take a step forward, you're going to then take two steps back. Right. It, it, it is what it is. The, not everybody's going to be, you're not going to be panic at the disco. Statistically, you're not going to be panic. <laughs> Pete isn't going to find you on MySpace. I'm sorry. Right. It just, it is what it is. So yeah, it was, it was wild that, you know, like I, st- I started a band that basically became, you know, like given um, technically three years ago, um, put out like an EP and was trying to do it. And it was just me and a drummer at the time. And then that, you know, like, he moved away. He didn't want to do it anymore. So I found myself as a sole member. I was like, okay, it's just me. I'm in LA. I hadn't been living in LA that long. I'd just been here for like whatever, a couple months. And I was like, I got to find people. I go, I know they're here, but I don't know how to find them. You know, it's like, I guess I can just go to, you know, every pop punk, you know, show that ever that has ever existed. You know, it's like, I would love doing that, but I was just like, there's probably a better way to do it. So Thanks I went to, yeah, that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did was I went to Craigslist and I put up a, I tried to create an ad that I was doing. This is going to filter out at least the people that don't know what's going on. And so I put it up and you still got the people who didn't know what was happening. And then uh, the story that I always tell is the guitarist in my band, Brian, you know, um, he goes, he messages me and I don't know him. And he goes, I go, okay, well meet me at this rehearsal studio and we'll, you know, have a quick conversation and bring your guitar and maybe we'll do like a couple of things like real quick just to see like, is he kind of with it? I go to the rehearsal studio. It's over in Culver City in LA. Hang out there. And I hang out there for like 30 minutes. And he's like, never shows up. He's supposed to be at whatever, 2.30. It's 3 o'clock. He's not there. So I go, all right, he just isn't going to show up. Get in my car and I'm driving away. And as I'm driving away, I get a call. And it's from him. He's like, hey, man, I'm really late. I'm really sorry. I had a bunch of traffic. You know, do, you know, I'm, I'm here if you're here. And so I'm sitting in my truck at a red light and I remember I, I have like a split decision where I go, I can either just not respond to this person who, you know, was late or right. I could at least try to go back and, you know, I'm like, well, I'll try to go back. And so I go back, whatever, and I met him. And within like 10 minutes, like talking to him, I was like, oh no, this guy's kind of with it. So that was one Craigslist person down. And <laughs> right. so I, it was me and him. And I was like, we got it. But we had songs and I had stuff going and, you know, I, I had already kind of recorded it all. So it's like, when I brought people in, it was like, we had something to play. I basically was like, learn this and let's do it. And right. so then I have him and I was like, okay, great. Go. And I get a message from Jordan, who's a drummer now. And um, also through Craigslist, I go, come out to rehearsal. He comes out there and we'd had a, a rough run with drummers, you know, whatever. Um, but he showed up, seemed like a cool dude, whatever, sat down. And I knew within the first measure. Like, I mean, yeah. like, we played like one, like we started the song, whatever. And like, he fucking like started off and I was like, okay, this is the dude. And so I was like, that's great. And then the blessing was um, Sam, who is the bassist. And I've known him, me and him were from the same hometown. We played in bands since we were in high school, right. you know? And so he's out in LA and he has another band that's, you know, fucking killing it. Uh, heavier band, Mark Light. And, um, you know, so he was doing that. But I was like, hey man, you know, we need a bassist if you want to come out he goes yeah man i'll come out and so all of a sudden we kind of had it and we put it together and once i had it they didn't know i was kind of like i was already sitting on a whole batch of new songs and i was like you know what's going to happen the second we do this and i get like a group that i like am confident in i'm like we're jumping back into the studio and we're going to hit it you know like full force and so that was more or less you know like how we how we did it we got together in the rehearsal studio ready to go and then two weeks later after that we, we like tracked uh coming home which we put out a long time ago and then we put together a full ep and then we're like we're gonna do videos and photos and content and all this stuff 
and we were just and we were just about to kind of get going and yeah, I mean, COVID, but, you know, we were playing shows and it was like, you know, 2020 is going to be fucking sick. <laughs> and then, you know, it, you know, some stuff happened and then we were in LA and Kobe died and the entire city was just depressed, you know, yeah. for weeks. And then it was like, well, we're out of the Kobe, you know, depression. It's not great, but we're going to climb out of it. And then COVID hit and we were, and we were like, gosh, you know, so, um, at the time, it was you know it was rough. It was rough for everybody. Obviously, it's wild. But you know, in in hindsight, you know, we started to piece it together and try to figure out, you know, how can we make this work? And you know, I mean, now, I mean, obviously, you know, we're you know we're all you know we're kind of full force back at it again and all you know vaxxed up. And LA has you know really come back and you know in a lot of ways. And so, in some ways, I go, it was crazy that we lost basically a year of you right. know in some ways of doing things and then i go silver lining in my head i think was it a year that we lost or was it a year for like other people like musical acts or you know just the, the you know world in general another year for them to slowly migrate over or become more open to like you know guitar based stuff because yeah. you think what happened is like mgk kind of happened and that was like a definitely a thing with travis parker for and I mean, even like Olivia Rodrigo, I'm not saying we're doing those songs, but it's like, I mean, she had to pay, you know, Haley from Paramore check for a reason, you know, it's right. like, it is in that kind of direction. And so I kind of go, you know, maybe, maybe it was, you know, it is a, a good thing, you know, and you have to find the positive in it and maybe you go, it's going to just open up that many more kids to, you know, what we're doing and the sound that we have. And, you know, at the end of the day, you go, well, no stopping now we're still you know full steam ahead and trying to drop music and you know do everything that we can so yeah it's yeah. been a it's been a wild ride that's for sure yeah and i think you know so my podcast started um in november of 2019 so kind of the same mm -hmm. thing like it the nice thing is i can do them all over zoom and stuff like that but like yeah i'm just starting to get my momentum you know mm -hmm. really getting into a groove with it and then the world shuts down which was great in the sense that all the bands were home. They had plenty of time to talk. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you're not going out on tour, so we can't talk about that. You're not, you know, we're locked down, so you can't get in the studio right now. We're not talking about that. Like, yeah. it, it ran into this thing where luckily, you know, a lot of bands, lucky for me, not so lucky for them, a lot of bands dropped new albums at the beginning of 2020 that they were getting ready to go tour on so it was at least i could still talk about new music yeah. um and then you know 2020 did i think give us gave artists this chance you know being at home with their thoughts and and not able to go do anything mm -hmm. i think some of the music that has come out through 2021 that was written in 2020 has been some of the best music that's in the last decade yeah yeah i think so uh, I, I completely agree in that. I think there was a lot of strong releases and, you know, uh, I, I mean, it, it, it is that thing where you kind of, the bands that were kind of ready to drop and, you know, maybe dropped right at the beginning, like we always talk about four years strong, they kind of put it yeah. out, you know, right at the time, right at the beginning. And we feel like it didn't get the, you know, the moment that it should have got. But yeah, I think there were so many strong records, you know, yeah. so much good music that came out and so much attention that got put on you know, bands and artists and, and whatnot, you know, so, um, you know, it, it was, it was 
will always be a horrible thing that we, you know, kind of all endure together. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's really kind of our attitude towards it is, you know, where's the where's the glass half full? Where's the silver lining in all yeah. this? And you know, we're we're coming out of it. You know, we're, we're looking good. Things are, you know, definitely a lot better. And shows are a thing, and tours are a thing, and you know, we're kind of doing it. And so we're um, we're excited. You know, we didn't lose any of our, you know, optimism or any of our, you know, um, motivation at all. Yeah, I think you know, it's it was a learning process that hopefully we'll never have to go through again, right? Like it was an experience <laughs> that hopefully will never happen again. But I think it also, you know, it gave people, everybody was working from home. So now everybody's listening to new music and stuff. There was tons of discovery that happened throughout that year. Um, but I think it also made people hungry, you know, and yeah. did I lose you? Yeah, just there for a go. second. Well, there we go. I have Starlink. Uh, so, you know, I live out in the country in Indiana. So oh, yeah. <laughs> with, with this storm, it, it's messing with me a little bit now. But um, oh, no worries. No worries, no. so, yeah, like I think, you know, you've seen it in L.A. especially as well, like where music is starting to come back and these fans are just hungry for that live experience again. Yeah. And I think it's put us in a position. You kind of made this point earlier. I think it's put us in a position now where the music industry is about to be in its like second golden age because everybody wants it again. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I think so. I, I, I'm really optimistic and I, I really think that, you know, there will be, there will be, I mean, really amazing artists that put something out. And in a lot of ways I'm optimistic and I'm so excited about that really because I look back and I don't want to be critical but it's the thing we were talking about where there was so much good music that got put out over like the last year. And I look back and I go, hey, what in the 10 years leading up to all of this, I think what, what really had an impact, you know, and, and what really, you know, like connected in, in, in a lot of ways. And there absolutely were artists, but I feel like it wasn't at the same level, you know, that there had been previously. There hadn't been movements as large or as grand you know, like to, in, in my, you know, like kind of view that um, had, had engaged and connected with kids in some ways, I feel like we're seeing the, the birth of that and that emo has had such a thing. Emo and that whole like movement, whatever, was so important to us. Yeah. It, it is still lasting on. It will always kind of be there, whatever. And it's like, there's not going to be a day where like when a kid was, you know, in that certain area era you know it's like they'll be older and when they hear when i was a young boy i mean they're gonna be like <laughs> i'm fucking back You're right i'm back in it you know and and in a lot of ways i didn't see that i had i hadn't seen that in a while and i think and i think i'm seeing it now and, yeah. and i'm really in a lot of ways that's a huge motivational factor for us as like a band and I think of how much that I got out of it and how much I connected to, you know, like the bands and the artists and the songs and everything about it when I was younger, you know, it, I, it was so important. It was everything to me and it still is everything to me. And I go, if there's in any way that we can, you know, be anybody that anybody connects with on even a fraction of that level, I go, that's, that's success, you know, in, in our eyes, that's success that, you know, we can connect and, you know, be that for somebody else when it was so important to me. 
Um, yeah. Kit. Yeah. And I, I think that goes into the, I talk about authenticity on this podcast all the time. Like if yeah. you're writing authentic music and being true to yourself and things like that, like, okay, it's telling me that it's a full stable connection now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, I think, you know, like with Justin Bieber, is he going to be relevant in 50 years? Is he going to have made the same impact? And he's the easy one to use, but like, mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj, whoever you want to use. Yeah. In 50 years, are people going to look at their music the same way that they look at Guns N' Roses, Kiss, whoever? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the way our generation, as we get older and become grandparents and, and whatever, look at My Chemical Romance and stuff. So I think mm-hmm. with that, like the authenticity that you put into your music also breeds like this longevity. Yeah. It's permanence to some degree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. I, I think, one, I agree in that there are a lot of artists that are big currently and have been big recently that, you know, it's, it, it just won't, it, it won't have the longevity. It won't be a thing, you know, and it's, it, it, I think there's an, a multitude of reasons for it, you know, whatever. I, I feel like Justin Bieber, it, yeah, it may be difficult, you know, whatever, but you think of, you know, like other like giant, like I feel like Ed Sheeran is kind of always going to be Ed Sheeran. Adele is right. going to be Adele, you know, and these are all huge artists and, um, you know, whatever it is. But um, yeah, I, I think the authenticity is, you know, it, it's important to us. And, and I really, I mean, we still take our cue from bands that, you know, have had great careers and have written music that we think is super consistent and always kind of like connecting with, you know, like their audience, but still being true to who they were. And I mean, I've talked about them a couple of times. It's like, I think Silverstein has had like a pretty incredible career in that like, I don't look at any Silverstein record and go, you know, there's kind of one, which I think they kind of, you know, themselves recognize, you know, isn't, <laughs> isn't that, you know, like, isn't as stellar. Or but I think of, you know, like, the last two that they put out, you know, are still fucking awesome. You know, it's like they're, they're great records. And I think Bring Me is in a lot of ways the same thing. A Day to Remember, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what happens, you know, whatever. I think they're trying, you know, but, um, but I think there's a lot of, you know, like these kind of bigger bands that represent, you know, like I think a larger kind of like scene and you go, you know, they're still doing it, you know, they're still authentic, they're still trying to write the best songs that they possibly can, and that's who I, you know, like, really look at, you know, the flash in the pans, the ones that, you know, are able to kind of rise, and all of a sudden they kind of become big bands, but then, you know, they they make moves, they get a little bit more generic with their sound, they try to be a little bit more radio friendly, or whatever it is, I, I go, you're not, in some ways, I feel like it's like they've lost their way a little bit. Right. And that's something I we never want to do and I never want to do. I don't want to lose my way. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather fucking sex pistols it up and have just some fucking banger and then, you know, like go away and have it always be a banger than, you know, have it kind of fizzle or fade because you're not connecting. And if you have success, all of a sudden you're, you know, rich and jaded and living in LA and you know I mean you already have the LA thing down you just need to get rich and jaded now yeah but but no I think to your point like I 
I'm the same way as a fan of music. I would much rather a band do it their way and fizzle out because of that or just, you know, just stop one day when they realize maybe, yeah. hey, we don't have it anymore. Yeah. Silverstein's a great example. I fucking love Silverstein. Mm-hmm. If Shane one day is just like, look, I, I have nothing else for the Silverstein project, cool. We've only got arrivals and departures that none of us like. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we can deal with that. But, yeah. you know, like you said, if it's these artists that are like, I feel bad using them as an example, but like Alice Cooper, the fact that Alice Cooper still fucking tours is, is almost sad to me because like still playing his music, but dude's old. He's not performing it the same way, you know, like it's losing so much value. And I think I would much rather have had him and I'm not even a huge Alice Cooper fan, but you know, at some point I would have loved for him to just take a step back and go, yeah, I just can't do it anymore. You know, like, so why ruin my legacy? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, I mean, you see it in, in so many different, I mean, you see with athletes as well as do you go out on top or do you kind of let it go? You know, and there's some that it doesn't matter. You think, I mean, like, I'm not sure if you're that, I'm not even necessarily a huge basketball fan, but like, Jordan gets remembered for the Bulls. He doesn't get remembered for the Wizards. You know, so it's like, you know, and and there's bands where, you know, it's like, it's not, um, this isn't like the same example, but in some ways I go, Nirvana will always be Nirvana. Mm -hmm. It will never be anything else. I'm not saying that that is like a good thing because obviously how it ended, that's, you know, a horrible tragedy. But it's the thing where they've made, you know, the other bands kind of, you know, fizzled, kind of faded. They represented something, but it's like Nirvana are, they will always be right there. They would be held in the same esteem in that same regard. And, you know, I, I think in some ways there's, you know, I'm, I'm a huge Oasis fan. I, I love the band, love the songwriting. I think the brothers are fucking hilarious. And in some ways, everyone always brings up, you got to get back together. You got to get back together. And in some ways I go, they, Noel won't ever do it because Noel knows. He goes, we're Oasis though. Everyone remember, we're fucking, live, we're Wonderwall, live forever, you know, champagne, supernova, supersonic. And he goes, if we get back together and we put out another record, it's not going to be Oasis. It will kind of happen. It won't happen. So you either have to stick together and keep me doing it to a point where you're like, this is fucking insane. Like the Rolling Stones where, yeah. I mean, RIP Charlie, but still how is Keith and fucking Mick still alive? <laughs> Mick is still married to a 30 year old. <laughs> fucking absolutely insane. To where you go like there, it's legendary. It will never be like a thing. You either have to be that, which is like Metallica, I think is on that run. Or you have to be the one where you go, I mean, like I said, like the, you know, sex pistols it up or something where you go, like you said, you cut it and you go, there's nothing else I can give here. And, you know, I'm rich and jaded and I can't write songs, you know, as the same as I could when I was, you know, like an angsty fucking, you know, angry 20 something year old, whatever the hell, you know, so. um, Yeah, I mean, the the Sid and Nancy, right? Like that's the perfect example (laughs) of it is Sid and Nancy because like, you're you're going to 
one way or another, you're going to burn out, you know, stars always burn out, quote unquote. But would you rather your star slow burn and, you know, you've got that longevity, but are you as bright? All right, cool. Cool. Uh, (laughs) So with the stars, either, you know, you're going to burn out one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Do you want it to be that slow burn and like you just keep dragging it on, dragging it on, dragging it on until one day you just fade out? Or do you want that supernova where it's like, we made a fucking impact, we exploded, everybody remembers when that happened. Yeah. You know, you have to make that decision because I think, you know, the Eagles are a great example of someone that has drug it on or did drag it on for too long. They did four fucking farewell tours. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're the Eagles fucking, you wrote Hotel California. Right. <laughs> if you're good, I mean, and Motley's doing the same thing. I think Kiss is on another farewell tour. You know, it's like yeah. all these things where it's like every time you come back, it just degrades it a little bit. Yeah. You know, and it just doesn't, I, I don't know. Yeah. And I think there's bands that, you know, it's like, I love the band, but if Green Day would have shut down after 21st Century Breakdown, that would have been a fucking, I mean, it would have been like, holy shit, the run that they had. Yeah. I mean, you open up with Dookie and you get huge in the pop punk world. You take a slight dip in the early, like right at the turn of the century and everyone's kind of like, oh, Green Day, yeah, they were like great, like six years ago, whatever. And then what do you do? Fucking come back with American media and it's, you reinvent yourselves and which I think is absolutely astounding that they pulled off and speaks to yeah. so much of the brilliance of Billy Joe and the band. And then you do American Idiot, you do 21st Century Breakdown, fucking the plays and the whole thing or whatever. And then if they just went, whoop, done. Yeah. Everyone would have been like looking around like, holy shit, you know, you couldn't have written it better. No. You couldn't have planned it better, you know. Yeah, it, it's a movie at that point. Like, yeah, this is exactly how the movie is supposed to work for success story. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's that weird... I think it's a mix of the fans nostalgia. So the fans are asking for all this stuff because they don't yeah. want to let go. And then I think in stereotypical rock star fashion, that little bit of attention, it starts feeding the ego and they're like, I Oh know. yeah, people still want us, you know, we're still around. Yeah. Let's go be around. And it's like, but you know, I don't want to see Ozzy Osbourne up on stage right now. No, no. You have to lose the will to maintain re- like relevancy. You right. can't be relevant always, and you don't want to be. It is like that. I, I, it's the addiction thing where I go, hey, is it that? I've never had an ounce of you know like the fame or any of that sort of power. And I go, is it that addicting that they go, I can't stop, I can't go on without it, you know? And you're like, wow, Jesus Christ, you know? I don't know. Some people, I obviously can, but yeah. It's, yeah, Ozzy, I don't know. That was. He, I yeah, mean, he, he had a TV show. He did, you know, he had it all. And like yeah. everybody obviously watched that first season of the show. Yeah. It was, you know, it was sad to see him like scuttling around the house, rambling incoherent, non, you know, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, the fact, again, you know, in the best of ways, because I don't wish ill on anyone really, like, thank God you're still alive. But if we're really taking count here, 
you're probably not supposed to be alive. You know, you've, oh. done, you've done some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no way. So, it, yeah, it's, it's that thing where it's like, it, what a world it would have been if like Ozzy would have like called it at a certain point. And then like every now and then you'd see like something be like, some photographer be like, oh, I saw Ozzy Osbourne going into a restaurant in LA. And it wouldn't be kind of like, oh shit, that's why. You know, yeah. really, instead of like, uh, there's a meme about Ozzy Osbourne not knowing that the phone is ringing or whatever. Right. Yes, you know. <laughs> right. guess, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, with Given, what would you say your, I think we kind of touched on it or you kind of danced around it a little bit. What would you say you want the legacy of Given to be? Like, obviously, again, we want the money because we live in a capitalist society and whatnot. (laughs) But like, you know, take the money out of it. Like when people look back, let's say in 20 years, look back at Given, what's that, that feeling or that, you know, remark that you want them to say about your band? I, I think, yeah, we danced around it a little bit. I think the two things, is the first one is I want the group of people that kind of, you know, like connect with it and engage with it. I want them to have the same response I have when I look back at the bands that I, you know, just, you know, basically became, you know, ingrained in my soul. And, you know, like it became something where you go, they became a piece of me. You know, it's like Oasis will always be a piece, you know, it's like Blink and, you know, Fall Out Boy and Mike Kent, you know, these bands, I know, they will always be there. I'll always, you know, like have that experience of listening to that band and, you know, engaging with it and seeing them live, whatever it is. I think that's important to our legacy. And then the other thing um, is I, I can't, in my head, I, I, I couldn't be the band that goes, uh, the legacy will not be, oh, there's a given, let's say we have big success. The legacy will not be like, oh, there's a given shirt at Forever 21. Or did you hear their new song and got <laughs> licensed for a Hyundai commercial? Right. Fuck that. Fuck that. I won't be that. I, I like, I, I won't be it in, you know, like in a lot of ways, it's, it's a thing where it's like, I think, I don't think those decisions like we talked about are always left up to the band. I think obviously it's like contracts are signed and licensing right. happens and whatnot. And, you know, that kind of is what it is. But I think if you're able to, you know, like maintain the respect or not maintain the respect, but maintain the integrity of your music slightly where it's always the fans, it's never Hyundai's, it's never, you know, Forever 21's, yeah. if you go, no, it's the kids who came to the show and sang along and listened and pitted and, you know, crowd surfed and they bought a shirt and they wore that shirt to school and it was the fucking thing that they like loved and they listened to the music and it was great when they were happy. It was great when they were sad. It was, you know, all of these things that, you know, in a lot of ways were like emotional building blocks, like it was the way for me. I go, it's yours. Yeah. It's, it's not the other thing where it's, you know, like something for hire, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, it's the legacy of, you know, it's, it's yours, it will always be yours. And if the history books don't remember us, that's fine. It doesn't matter. But, yeah. Well, and I, I think, you know, when we talk about authenticity and, and building that fan base, the, even if the major legacy doesn't, doesn't happen, yeah, the impact 
in the scene that you were a part of is going to be yeah. there. And people, you know, I still grab songs on Spotify and, and shit randomly and I'll send them to friends that, hey, remember when we went, you know, to Chicago yeah. and saw this band, whatever. And yeah. they, they've been gone, you know, Houston Calls. I just played a Houston Calls song the other yeah. day. <laughs> like, they haven't been around in 12 years. Like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, but no, when you when you say that, the, the band that came to mind as far as like, it'll always be in the hands of the fans and it was up until the estate took over is the Ramones. The Ramones yeah. never fucking sold anything out until God, you know, God blessed everyone, but yeah. the band dies literally. And the estate mm -hmm. is like, well, we could put Ramones shirts in, you know, hot topics or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you know, like when the Ramones were around it, they were not commercialized at all. And I, I think know. that that's your point is like they were one of those bands that it will always be our fan base. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. There it is. There um, is. <laughs> so so like, you know, Bayside is another good example. Like Bayside, their tagline is Bayside is a cult because their fan base is absolutely everything to them. And I yeah. think that's kind of your thought process on it is, you know, again, not to put words in your mouth, but if my fans relate to what I'm saying or what I'm singing about and make that connection, that's all that fucking matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, and that's a great example. I mean, you know, Bayside, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's the thing, you know, that it's the connection, it's the, uh, you know, in some ways, it's almost like hard to describe, you know, like all aspects of it, but, you know, it, it is that, you know, like emotional, you know, like response that you have to it, you know, it's like Bayside fans, I mean, them being in court, it's like they show up at the show and it's like, it doesn't matter if the song is from 15 years ago. Right. Because <laughs> you're still the, you know, you're still that same person, I think, in a lot of ways, and although you grow up and the band grows up and you know, I mean, they're writing new songs and that's, you know, like great. And it's like, you can connect with the new songs as well or whatever. It's like, it becomes a little bit more of like a time capsule of, you know, where you were and how you felt and, you know, what you experienced and, you know, what you went through, I think, listening to these bands and, um, you know, having it. And speaking for the bands where, you know, it, it ends and they go, I can't give anything more to this. I think that's just the lid closing on the time capsule where you go, like, maybe you don't listen to it every day. But right. it's like, it, you hear about it even nowadays. I mean, like I brought it up when you hear about the people, like when they go, it's such a common thing nowadays. Where people go, the first time I heard, you know, Smells Like Dean Spirit, the first time I heard Nevermind. And they were like, yeah. holy shit, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, that's something we're chasing on the given side as well, where I'm not saying we can achieve that, you know, maybe we can achieve that sonically, you know, but it's right. the thing where you go with different, and it, but it's still, you know, like something that you can, you know, just sink your teeth into and you go, oh, wait, wait, hold the phone. Wait, what's, what is this? You know, right. what, what is happening? And that moment is, is, you know, I think incredibly important to it and, you know, something we're, we're absolutely chasing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, for, for listeners that haven't checked you guys out, you've dropped three singles this year alone. And I think it's, you've 
positioned yourself in this really cool space of each one of those singles you can tell are the same band but they're not so tied that it's like oh you know this this is the only you know you're not locked into this one sonic feeling um and i think it's you know hopefully there's more new music coming and you know we'll get a full length of just everything that you typically soon um i don't know the details on any of that yet but um i guess you know kind of as we wrap up here let's talk about that a little bit like you know we've talked about la opening up the world's kind of starting to open up with live music and and things like that what's kind of the vision for you guys for the end of 2021 and kind of leading into 2022 for you yeah yeah so i i mean we had a shift and I think COVID was a big piece of that shift uh, in that we basically went at the end, I mean, we love the shit out of shows and all we want to do is go back and play shows. Right. However, we also know that it's like the internet is fucking running everything. Right? So we're going, look, we're going to look for the shows that we want to play and that are right. I'm not, we're not going to, you know, we've, we've done enough pre-sale for, you know, a lifetime. Don't worry. You know, so we're kind of like, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to navigate around that a little bit um you know and when the shows come that's it but we're full kind of you know create and write mode right now um and the schedule for 2022 is aggressive so um the plan is november december we actually have two acoustics dropping um so we shot videos for it we're we're really excited i think they came out super cool and you know it's a i think a great little holiday bundle from the right. given kind of crew. Um, and yeah, 2022, we're already kind of putting everything together. And it's, um, I mean, I've described it as like an onslaught within our, our crew. I mean, it's, I mean, we're going to try to put out as much music in as many videos and all the stuff as we possibly can. Um, and, you know, in a way that, you know, we're just, we're really excited about the things we're writing and the things that we're kind of doing in the studio. And so um, we don't want to take a break. That That's, you know, kind of like the big thing was, you know, like this year it was COVID and all these different things. And so we had like, you know, small bursts of downtime. 2022 for us, we're going to go like, if we're, if there's something that isn't happening, there's a problem. Like we're going like, how do we keep, you know, like dropping it in and keep hitting people with, you know, I don't know. It, it's a stupid thing to say, but I think we have a lot to say and a lot that we want to do. And, you know, we've been pent up for a bit. And so we're just kind of going, how can we, we, we want to come out fucking swinging, you know? Yeah. So yeah, a lot more music coming, a lot, lot, lot of stuff. coming. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so let's say 2022, we'll, we'll do this as kind of our one of 2022, the world's wide open given is is ready to hit the road full swing what would a perfect bill for you look like oh uh, <laughs> there's there's two answers now i'm going to tell you the first answer the first answer is because we have a little bit of a scene where it's like we have these bands that we're kind of connected with and stuff like that the, this thing we always talk about and it's it works in the genre kind of like meshing thing is we could technically put like a given marked life good terms duels package together. Mm-hmm. All of those bands given is obviously kind of, I guess, like the center cluster. 
Good Terms, Brian, the guitarist, he's the singer in that. Mark Life, Sam, the bassist, is the singer in that. And then Duels is our drummer, Jordan, his other project as well. So it's like we could kind of create an entire package just from us and our like other like the other bands right. and whatnot, you know, who would headline? I mean, probably not giving who even knows, you know, it's it's a whole thing, you know. So um that would be a, I mean that would be so much fun and just that we're all be like such good friends and right, you know, we could go out. I don't know if we could fit all of those people in one van, that would probably be a problem. <laughs> um so yeah, I, that's one. Um other than that, I, I mean, that, that's a tough one to think of, like, who, you know, like, who we'd go out with, you know, that wasn't kind of from, I guess, like, the scene that we have here in L.A. You know, right. we, we've made friends, you know, it's like we have, you know, we know the guys down in San Diego in the industry, and, um, you know, we, we definitely have, like, those connections and whatnot. Um, I don't know, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of always been the one that we've talked about the most, just because it's such, like, a big friend group it'd probably be a little bit of anarchy i think right <laughs> but i mean i've had good terms on the the podcast so i definitely understand that kind of uh personality group that's that's in yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they're they're awesome and i mean that was a, a huge you know like benefit of kind of stumbling upon brian was kind of getting introduced to that whole crew and and that whole group and so um it's been wonderful and you know i mean and it has been i mean it's it's another you know positive i think in that there is a bit of an la scene you know there's, there's yeah. stuff going on there's a lot of bands i mean you know there's kind of always a lot of bands in la but i think there's a lot of bands that are connected and friends and you know kind of you know in within the same world so i'm pretty excited about that yeah for sure um so let's do kind of the the very last question, I think, before we yeah. do the closeout thing. Yeah. Uh, manifest destiny, right? If tomorrow you got the phone call from a band that you were going to be their their opener on a national tour or world tour, who's mm -hmm. the band that you want that phone call to come from? Um uh... I think the one that they, the one that I would really like, I'd love uh, to go out with Bear too. I think they're dropping cool shit. I like the new album, super ACDCE. You know, I think we'd fit in a little bit into that kind of, you know, like vibe. I mean, there's a lot of bands out there that I love that I would love to, you know, there's like the, there's the older bands, you know, like I'd love to play a show with like some 41 that'd be right. sick <laughs> or, you know, like simple plan, you know, something like that. But, no, I think uh, I think it would be awesome if, if you know, like if we were able to do anything on a Bear Tooth Run, that would be. Um, I, I think that'd be a really cool show, and I, I think we, you know, we, I don't know, mesh slightly, you know, like somewhat, you know, a yeah. bit heavier, but I don't know. Caleb's yeah. fucking killing it, you know. <laughs> you know, it, back to your point er, from earlier, like with Attack Attack and, and stuff like that. If you would have told me at some point back then. Mm -hmm. that Caleb was going to front this like heavy metalcore yeah. type band. Like there's no way, you know, know, like I just didn't see it out of him. But now that he's done it for a little while, it's like, that's where he belonged this whole time. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can see it. It just sits so well with him, you know, and the fact that, I mean, like the early releases, it was all him on, on it, you know, it just, it, it yeah, you can see it, it is him, you know, still, I mean, I'm not, you know, like I've, 
Shout out Attack Attack. They had a moment, man. They had a lot yeah. of kids fucking stoked on their shit. You know, yeah. you put on you put on something from uh, that first record. Was it uh, Someday Came Suddenly? Is that it? I think so. I think that might be it. And you put on something. There's a couple of songs that go. Hits. Still hits. Yeah. Give it to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, to wrap things up, then let's do the, the kind of standard outro, man. Um, where can people find you on social media? I'll obviously link all of them, but where can they find you? Kind of what can they expect from you guys when it comes to interacting online? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, big ones are YouTube and Instagram. Instagram is just given LA, no spaces, all underscore, uh, or, or, all lowercase. And then um, YouTube is uh, just given music. Um, you can just look up given and our song coming home overrated that stuff you should find us flinch the new one um those are the two big ones uh we have a twitter given la as well we have a tiktok given la um you know if you want to put it out for us um we're pretty we're active on all of them we're putting stuff up um so yeah a lot of new music coming we actually like doing a little bit of like a weekly show podcasty kind of thing it's short form it's basically like 15 to 20 minutes as I describe it of us talking utter garbage where we like all four of us get in a group and we have microphones and, you know, have a couple of Coors banquet views or something like that. And we just, just kind of rant and just kind of start going. And we have this, you know, I think a lot of friends groups to have it, but we have this weird thing where we're friends, but we haven't known each other for a super long time. So we still are, we still get like new stories right. where we're like, holy shit, like Brian told a story about getting in a fight in the fourth grade that was fucking <laughs> incredible, you know, and then we'll just, you know, go off. And so those drop about every week. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, uh, two new acoustics coming out, uh, one in November, one in December, and then 2022, um, yeah, the onslaught full, you know, songs, videos, you know, um, anything and everything. And um, yeah. Uh, it, it, it just log in anywhere there given LA given music you can find us so awesome man yeah. I appreciate your time it was a little long but you know I think we covered a lot of really cool stuff for for fans so yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to to talk about all this but um this will be going up I would lose you one more time there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so no, I, I was just saying, you know, I hope everything, you know, as 2022, like I'm, I'm really excited to see where you guys are. Going. You are, you know, a, a new enough band, quote unquote, in my eyes that the, the whole world's in front of you. And it's just a, a matter of, you know, how it all gets attacked and, and things like that. So I think you're, you're really poised to take over some, some market share, if you will. On the <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you letting us jump on. I put in there that Brian was going to be on here. Um, he unfortunately got, he plays in a wedding yeah. band. He got yeah. booked no at the last minute. So, uh, but yeah, I love talking to you. All good on going long. And um, yeah, one of these days, I don't know, man. If you're ever out in LA, we'd love to host you. We'll get the whole fucking crew together. <laughs> we'll get we'll get everything going. Yeah, we'd love to love to do something. I, I really appreciate. Yeah. You, uh, you know, taking the time to, to chat for sure, man. And if you guys ever, you know, get to the Indiana area, we'll, we'll 
do it on my side instead. So absolutely, man. Yeah. <laughs> if we're yeah, if we if we're coming out there, don't yeah, don't think it won't happen. Who knows what we're going to do? It. Yeah, it, it's just a matter of time. You know, you're yeah. going to get that that bear tooth opening act, and oh, boom, yeah. everywhere. Caleb, hit my DMs, please. <laughs> I'll make sure I tag him. I don't know yeah. if he'll see it, but I'll tag him. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I hope you have a, a good night and and uh, looking forward to everything that you've got coming up. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you very much, man. Thanks, man. Cheers. Later. And that was my conversation with Chase. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as always. And I really appreciate him taking the time. Uh, you know, we ran a, a bit longer than probably originally planned and all that, but, um, we both, I think had a lot of fun talking about, uh, you know, the Kardashians and some of these rock stars that are still around and kind of prolonging their, you know, their star shine, if you will. Um, and for the better or for worse, right? You know, some of them maybe shouldn't be, but um, they're still here. So whatever. Uh, as always, you know, definitely hope you guys enjoyed that. Want you guys to check out Given. They've got so much new stuff, a bunch of new music coming up. Uh, they're working on planning some tour ideas, things like that. Um, and yeah, it's just a really cool time for them. So I want you guys to uh, show some support and definitely let them know that you listen to the podcast and, um, you know, drop a, a like, a share, a subscribe, follow, whatever, uh, leave a comment for them and for us about the show. And, um, yeah, you know, I want you guys again to, to check them out and let me know what you think of them. Head over to my Instagram at you make the scene uh, leave a comment on the post around this episode and just tell me, hey, you know, cool episode. This was my favorite song. This is my favorite part, whatever. Um, always stoked to read those sort of things. Um, make sure you're following us as well uh, on whatever streaming service you use. Uh, stay up to date on the podcast. We've got a lot of cool guests coming up very, very soon. Um and that's it, guys. That's everything for this episode. So I am going to take you out with the new single by Give In. And that single is called Flinch. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.